0: To the Daily Bite. I'm your host, Pastor Steve Andrews. Today we conclude the book of First Chronicles with chapter 29. Although it is worth noting that in the original Hebrew Old Testament, 1st and 2 Chronicles were simply one book. Same with 1st and 2 Samuel, 1st and 2 Kings. So we can see the clear point of divide here as 1 Chronicles ends up being all about David. And then 2 Chronicles in our Bibles takes off after that, after Solomon has become king. So we're going to take, in terms of the podcast, we're going to examine the books of Joel and Titus for a week, and then we'll come back and, and take in Second Chronicles at that point. So just a quick little break, but uh, see a prophet and a, a pastoral epistle before we cover more of Israel's history. So stay tuned for those. But let's read chapter 29. And David the king said to all the assembly, Solomon my son, whom alone God has chosen, is young and inexperienced, and the work is great, for the palace will not be for man but for Yahweh God. So I have provided for the house of my God so far as I was able, the gold for the things of gold, the silver for the things of silver, and the bronze for the things of bronze, the iron for the things of iron, and wood for the things of wood, Besides great quantities of onyx and stones for setting, antimony, colored stones, all sorts of precious stones, and marble. Moreover, in addition to all that, I have provided for the holy house. I have a treasure of my own, of gold and silver, and because of my devotion to the house of my god, I give it to the house of my god. Three thousand talents of gold with the gold of Ophir, and seven thousand talents of refined silver for overlaying the walls of the house and for all the work to be done by craftsmen, gold for the things of gold, and silver for the things of silver, who then will offer willingly, consecrating himself today to Yahweh. Then the leaders of fathers' houses made their freewill offerings, as did also the leaders of the tribes, the commanders of thousands and of hundreds, and the officers over the king's work. They gave for the service of the house of God five thousand talents and ten thousand derricks of gold, 10,000 talents of silver, 18,000 talents of bronze, and a 100,000 talents of iron. And whoever had precious stones gave them to the treasury of the house of Yahweh in the care of Jehiel the Gershonite. Then the people rejoiced because they had given willingly, for with a whole heart they had offered freely to Yahweh. David the king also rejoiced greatly. Therefore David blessed Yahweh in the presence of all the assembly. And David said, Blessed are you, O Yahweh, the God of Israel, our Father, forever and ever. Yours, O Yahweh, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty for all that is in the heavens and in the earth is yours. Yours is the kingdom, O Yahweh, and you are exalted as head above all. Both riches and honor come from you, and you rule over all. In your hand are power and might, and in your hand it is to make great and to give strength to all. And now we thank you, our God, and praise your glorious name. But who am I, and what is my people that we should be able thus to offer willingly? For all things come from you, and of your own have we given you. For we are strangers before you and sojourners, as all our fathers were. Our days on the earth are like a shadow, and there is no abiding. O Yahweh, our God, all this abundance that we have provided for building you a house for your holy name comes from your hand and is all your own. I know, my God, that you test the heart and have pleasure in uprightness. In the uprightness of my heart I have freely offered all these things, and now I have seen your people who are present here offering freely and joyously to you. O Yahweh, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, our fathers, Keep forever such purposes and thoughts in the hearts of your people, and direct their hearts toward you. Grant to Solomon my son a whole heart, that he may keep your commandments, your testimonies, and your statutes, performing all, and that he may build the palace for which I have made provision. Then David said to all the assembly, Bless Yahweh your God. And all the assembly blessed Yahweh the God of their fathers, and bowed their heads, and paid homage to Yahweh and to the king And they offered sacrifices to Yahweh, and on the next day offered burnt offerings to Yahweh, one thousand bulls, one thousand rams, and one thousand lambs, with their drink offerings, and sacrifices in abundance for all Israel. And they ate and drank before Yahweh on that day with great gladness. And they made Solomon the son of David king the second time, and they anointed him as prince for Yahweh, and Zadok as priest. Then Solomon sat on the throne of Yahweh as king in place of David his father, and he prospered, and all Israel obeyed him. All the leaders of the mighty men and also all the sons of King David pledged their allegiance to King Solomon. And Yahweh made Solomon very great in the sight of all Israel, and bestowed on him such royal majesty as had not been on any king before him in Israel. Thus David the son of Jesse reigned over all Israel, The time that he reigned over Israel was forty years. He reigned seven years in Hebron, and thirty-three years in Jerusalem. Then he died at a good old age, full of days, riches, and honor. And Solomon his son reigned in his place. Now the acts of King David from first to last are written in the chronicles of Samuel the seer, and in the chronicles of Nathan the prophet, and in the chronicles of Gad the seer, with accounts of all his rule and his might and of the circumstances that came upon him, and upon Israel, and upon all the kingdoms of the countries. This is the word of the Lord. So there's both the historical picture, the event that has happened here, the giving of the people of Israel, and then there's also the the connection to our giving that we can consider in today's text. So let's take a look at the historical event, which is the first, what is that, nine verses or so here? As David continuing to speak to the assembly so that we talked about yesterday gathered together all the leaders of the people and, and appointed Solomon charged Solomon with building the house this is a summary of that god has chosen solomon david has said this about solomon before in the book that he believes he is young and inexperienced that's fair his work is great this work of building the the temple because the palace will not be for man, but for Yahweh. Now, in fairness, Solomon will certainly build a palace for himself as well. But he's going to build this house for Yahweh. He will do that. And that's not, not a minor task. It's not a house for man, which can have its flaws and, and issues. And no, It's a house for God, and so it's to be holy and set apart. So there's a, an extra responsibility in the building of this the structure. So David, because of Solomon's youth here, has done everything he can to prepare. Again, we've seen that over the last few chapters. So he's gathered the gold, silver, bronze, iron, wood, stones, all these things, and he's done it through war, primarily. Now, in addition, he's going to make his own offering. So of things from his own treasuries, his own riches, He's going to make an additional offering now to the house of Yahweh. And that offering, 3,000 talents of gold from Ophir. Ophir is known for its gold in the Old Testament, and Solomon will have that experience himself later on. There's debate over where exactly it is. The best picture of where it is is if you look at your map and you go on the eastern side of the Red Sea, uh, that it would be the territory right there, probably about the middle of the Red Sea, that that area. Um, and so that's going to put it southeast of Israel quite a ways. 3,000 talents of gold, by the way, in today's dollars. Again, a talent is uh, 75 pounds. So you got 225,000 pounds of gold from David's own treasuries. That's about $6 billion by today's dollar. 7,000 talents of silver. Again, times that by 75 to get the poundage. And you're at $168 million worth of silver, not near as expensive a thing as, as gold in our, our society today. Those are rough estimates, just to give you a, a kind of a ballpark picture. Um, how they viewed them, how they valued them then was obviously not the same as us today. Though they did value them as precious metals. So all the craftsmen, he's also set aside. We've seen that too in the book. Then he offers, he invites all of Israel to follow he has done it he has willingly made this big offering to the house he's led by example and he invites Israel to to share in that and then they do the heads of fathers houses the leaders the commanders the officers again many people that we've been seeing appointed over the last couple of chapters together they make an offering and that offering is going to be a little larger than the king's which is, makes David's offering all the more impressive when you think about it, that David's offering is, is almost as big as all of his officers, commanders, and so forth together. That's not to, to short what they are doing, not at all. They're giving out of a willing heart, and they're giving abundantly. It's just David's great wealth is probably what that's more of a picture of. So they give 5,000 talents. And 10,000 derricks. A derrick is a very small measurement by comparison to a talent. It's interesting that it even gets listed here. Um, it's going to come out to two talents. I mean, a derrick is a quarter of an ounce. So by the time you do the math there, yeah, it's about two talents. So they gave 5,002 talents to the house of God of gold. That would come out to over $10 billion by our count today. And the silver would come out to over $240 million. When you add up all these measurements that all together king and people have given, here in chapter 29, you've got 600,000 pounds of gold and 1,275,000 pounds worth of silver, if I'm doing my math right. Talk about a structure. Imagine a building constructed from 600,000 pounds of gold and a million pounds of silver. Now, and that's not all. I mean, We go back to chapter 22, where we discussed whether David had exaggerated or if he had truly given. And I don't know that we should see it as anything other than truly given. From his exploits, his spoils of war, he had given 100,000 talents of gold and a million talents of silver. That would be another seven and a half million talents pounds of gold and 75 million pounds of silver so that would bring the silver up to you know 76.2 million pounds and the gold up to 8.1 million pounds so we've got 84 million pounds worth of gold and silver Recorded in 1 Chronicles 22 and 29, for a comparison point, the Empire State Building, as far as I can find on, online, um, weighs 350,000 tons. A ton is 2,000 pounds, so the Empire State Building weighs 700 million pounds. So this is a little more than a tenth of that, what the temple will be built out of. And the temple being built out of much more expensive materials than the Empire State Building ever was. But just a contrast point, and and again, just to get you thinking about what this building would have looked like. Just incredible. They all gave willingly and with a whole heart. This is an opportunity, this chapter certainly is an opportunity to discuss our own giving. So ask your children, should we give to God? And how should we give to God? And the focus in this text clearly on the, the idea of the whole heart and the offering freely, the rejoiced giving. Second Corinthians 9 would be a good parallel to possibly read here, which is the idea of giving with a f- cheerful heart to the Lord. And this is a good thing. The Lord loves a cheerful giver is the way you've probably heard that phrase before. David's prayer in verses 10 through 13 is incredible, just marvelous praise. I mean, what he says here, we could unpack this for a good chunk of time, and we just, we'll, we'll skim through it, but read it, pray it, I and mean, this is a good prayer. So David prays, blessed are you, that's giving thanks. So he starts this paragraph with giving thanks and ends it with giving thanks, and everything in between is giving thanks to God for his, well, for everything. So thanks be to God that he is our father forever and ever. And then yours, O oh Lord, is these different attributes. Greatness, power, glory, victory, majesty. Majesty is like a, the royal rule. Victory is conquest, wins. I mean, he has defeated David's enemies, Israel's enemies. His is the victory. Glory to be lifted up so others would see him. So the glory is all God's, and that's what this temple is going to do as well. Power, so uh, the, the idea of the ability to do things, that's what power stresses. So he has the power, the ability to do all things. And then the greatness. That's kind of an overarching word for all these other things in that sense. Four, the reason that David attributes all this to him, everything in heaven and earth is his. All belongs to God, and this is a true statement. So yours is the kingdom. We talked about that kingdom yesterday. Uh, The idea that this is not a kingdom of this world in the New Testament in Jesus, but at the Old Testament time it was. But the kingdom ultimately refers to all of creation. All of creation belongs to God. He rules over, cares for all. And David rightly calls him head. Jesus Christ is the head of the body. His body, the church. We are the body of Christ together. Riches and honor come from you. You rule over all. Again, another list. In your hand are power and might to make great, to give strength. So God has both power and might. Again, power to be able, and then might is the sheer force. We think of strength, and we oftentimes make strength and power the same, but there, that's the difference between the two. In your hand to make great, so he has made David great. He's going to make Solomon great. And to give strength to all, he has strengthened his people. So we, we thank you. We praise your glorious name. Again, this is a good prayer and one that we can pray. Maybe you end your Bible study devotion today by praying verses 10b through 13 together. Verse 14, into this section, this paragraph gets back to the giving and it's an opportunity to reflect on our giving as well. All things come from you And of your own we have given you. This is the point. Nothing that we have today belongs to us. It all belongs to God. The cattle in a thousand hills are his. We are only caretakers. We are only stewards in this place. He entrusts to us what we need to care for our families, care for our neighbors. Anything you have is his. The bank does not own your house. God does. You don't own your house; God does. I don't own my truck; God does. It's all His. He lends it to us. He entrusts it to us that we would serve others. And the point of the tithe for us today, if any, well, okay. So the the Old Testament, the purpose of the tithe was to care for the widows, the orphans, and the Levites, the priests. And the tithe does that today. I mean, the church does mercy work, and the church cares for its pastor, and and so forth. But the other purpose for the tithe is much like the Sabbath. The Sabbath, I mean, you can go, go, go if you want to, but the Sabbath's purpose is to say, you know, God is God. He made this earth in six days. Do you think if you take a day off, he can keep it spinning? That he can care for you, and he can care for it? And the tithe does the same thing. Do you think if you give some of what God entrusts to you, 10% on the sake of a tithe, but if you give some of what God has entrusted to you, that he'll continue to care for you? When we put it that way, I mean, everything we have is already from God. Will God not care for us? The Sabbath and the tithe alike have been about trust the whole time, that God's people would trust in him. So, Lord, give me a cheerful heart, to trust in you above all things and to know and to be content in all things whether I have much or little also would be a very good prayer David admits his days are like a shadow our days are like a shadow we're here for a moment and then gone but the Lord reigns and he saves and he has saved us So David rejoices in the the giving of his people. He also asks that the Lord would keep them in such hearts forever, directing their hearts toward him, and the same for his son Solomon. Unfortunately, this does not last. Um, They do not do such things. So here's an old king's dying wishes, um, praying for faithfulness from his son and from his people, and it it just doesn't happen. It continues for a little while, but it, it fizzles out. Uh, which is why Israel will ultimately end up being destroyed a few generations later. So they do, they honor God, they bless Yahweh, they they make a sacrifice, a significantly large one that day, offering up 3,000 animals uh, together with all the other sacrifices that that would entail, and they eat and drink, they rejoice, they celebrate, and then they crown Solomon king, second time, This might be a reference to 1 Kings chapter 1 to a more private anointing uh, done by the priest uh, back at the time when one of David's other sons had tried to claim the throne. So you're welcome to take a look at 1 Kings chapter 1 as well. And Zadok is made chief priest, high priest over over this temple that is to come. Solomon rules in his father's place. Uh, The Lord blesses him, lifts him up, makes him great in the sight of Israel giving him such majesty as has not been seen in Israel before, not even of his father, David. And then we conclude with the death of King David, um, 33 years in Jerusalem, 7 in Hebron, so he reigned 40 years over all of Israel, and he was 30 at that point, so he dies around 70 years of age, and Solomon takes the throne. The last note is that all of King David's acts have been recorded in the chronicles of Samuel, Nathan, and Gad. It is quite likely. It would seem the chronicles of Samuel here is a reference to First and Second Samuel in our Old Testament because of how greatly these two books parallel with one another. Nathan and Gad, we likely don't have those unless they have been included and incorporated into some of the other books. But it would seem unlikely. It seems like those are things we don't have. So the question may be to ask your children from this one: Did the chronicler just make all this stuff up? And the answer to that is no. He has pulled from different resources, and we've seen him reference a few in the book, and now we see him reference three more here. He has been writing his record of King David and the temple and all that is about it and the worship life of God's people from the various resources that were around that God's people had already recorded. And the Lord has chosen to make this particular book one that would stay in his scriptures forever to inform us, to teach us about the history of his people.